Kings chapter 9. We have been considering verses 25 through 24, excuse me, through 27. And today our focus is going to be on verse 26. But contextually, before we get to verse 26, I want to just make sure that we reference verses 24 and 25. So verse 24 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we and imperishable. Verse 26, and our focus for today, Apostle Paul says, so I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. Today we are going to continue our 2023 uh, thematic focus and theme thrust of let's go. This particular theme was given to us as a charge and a challenge for us to reevaluate our level of commitment and dedication to the pursuit of what we proclaim God has called us to do. Because in our world, unfortunately, too often, uh, we have in our society a bad reputation for being able to say a lot of really great things but our actions not always following up with what we have said. Uh, We will tell people that we will pray for them and three seconds later, forget. Um, We will tell someone that we're going to do X, Y, Z and then remember three to four weeks after we were supposed to do it. Um, Now, I know I'm not the only person that that happens to, um, (laughs) both as the giver and the recipient. Um, But in our world today, we struggle at times with knowing the right things to do and being able to declare and state that we are going to do the right things that we know to do. And and there is some disconnect with uh, being able to say those right things and then following through and actually doing them. And so our charge and our challenge for 2023 comes from Paul's letter to the Corinthians uh, in verse in chapter nine, uh, particularly verse 24, when he reminds the Corinthians that everybody that is in a race, all of them run, but only one runs the wins the prize. And so we ought to run in a way that we might obtain the prize. And so our focus for this year is let's go. Whatever it is we've been saying the Lord has been trying to get us to do, let's go. Whatever it is the Lord has been challenging us uh, to do, let's go. However it is the Lord has been challenging us to grow, let's go. Whatever it is we're not supposed to be afraid of anymore and we're supposed to move beyond, let's go. Whatever it is that God has been, that carrot, whatever it is that God has been dangling in front of us, that we've been too afraid or too um, uh, too doubtful in ourselves and our abilities, uh, too distracted to be able to pursue and to obtain whatever it is 
this year, let's go. Let's go get it. Let's go after it. Let's make sure that our lives are aligning with the activities and the behaviors that are going to help us to get to where it is we know God has laid out for us on our path. Let's go. Let's get it. Let's stop making excuses. Let's stop whining. Let's stop blaming other people. Let's embrace the responsibility that we have to respond in obedience to who God is calling us to be and what he is calling us to do. Let's go. Let's get it done. Let's achieve it. Let's check that box off so that we can move on to whatever it is God has for us next. But let's stop sleeping on it. Let's stop laying down. Let's stop being lazy. Let's stop, uh, again, making excuses. And let's do what it is we know God is giving us the opportunity to do. Because as we've been reminded many times, we don't have forever to do what it is God is calling us to do. We have but a limited window of time that is our lives that may seem like long to us, but within the grand scheme of humanity, it is but only a brief moment in the timeline of humanity to be able to do what it is God has created and shaped us to do. Before we were formed in our mother's womb, he knew us and he predestined us with a, uh, a specific and unique purpose, a unique contribution to make to this world, and he decided that he was going to place us here in Omaha, Nebraska in 2023 to be able to continue to grow and to apply what we've been learning to this community and to this world so that some kind of change, transformation can take place so that somebody's life can be different and it's time out for us making excuses and not doing the things that we know God is calling us to do because the work of the Lord needs to be done and he's not going to do it for us, but he will do it with us. And so it is time for us to embrace the opportunity and the responsibility that we have been given to be able to do what it is the Lord is calling us to do. So at the beginning of the year, we were reminded and encouraged by verse 24 that if we're going to run, we need to run like we want to win. If we're going to be in this race, if we're going to be living the life of a believer, if we're going to be pursuing an understanding and application of what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom of God, an ambassador of the kingdom, if we are going to do this, then let's run like we want to win. Let's get up like we have some purpose. Let's move forward and plan and organize and orchestrate like we know what it is we're working toward. But let our lives be a reflection of our desire to achieve the goal. When people look at us, they ought to be able to see us pushing forward and pressing forward and pushing through the difficulty and the, uh, the obstacles that are in front of us. They ought to see us persevering in pursuit of the prize because it is that valuable to us. Our lives should be a reflection of our desire to be all that God wants us to be. If we're going to run this race, then we need to run it like we want to win it. We have to believe that the goal is obtainable for us, and we have to believe that it is possible for us to achieve with God. Jesus tells the disciples that with God, without God, not, uh, with without God, everything is impossible. But with God, all things are in, are possible. And so, whatever it is that the Lord has placed in your heart, whatever seed He's planted down deep in your heart, whatever vision He has given you in your mind, whatever it is, it is possible with God. And so uh, we ought to be running like we want to obtain it, running like we want to get it, running like we want to reach it, running like we believe it is possible. Uh, and then in verse 25, Paul goes on to encourage them to exercise comprehensive 
self-control. Again, in verse 25, Paul says every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Paul encourages them, as as we have been encouraged as well, to exercise comprehensive self-control, to do an analysis and and figure out what it is that we are doing, uh, the areas where we lack control in our lives that continue to divert us and distract us from the path that God has laid for us. What are those areas of our character and our being that are weak, that we have not yet surrendered to God and given to him? Those things that we always feel like we have to uh, ask forgiveness for, the things that we feel like uh, constantly tempt us and seek to drag us off of the plan and the course that God has for us. What are those areas of weakness in our lives? Uh, What are those words that come to our lips when people cut us off in traffic? What are the feelings that well up within us when we see certain people's faces and see their names or see their posts on social media what is what are those behaviors and those habits that we know are not moving us closer to God but are keeping us further from God that we know we need to adjust and change Paul encourages them that every that every athlete exercises self-control in all things which means that it's not acceptable to be good at getting up for church on Sunday mornings and good at showing up on Wednesdays for Bible study but we are to exercise self-control every day of the week, every hour of the day, every minute of the hour, every second of the minute. We are to exercise self-control in order that we might stay on track and on pace with where God desires to take us and who he desires us to be. I've told y'all many times before that my greatest fear is that I would block somebody or that my life would be an excuse for somebody to not know Jesus. Well, if that's the goal for my life to not get in the way of somebody else knowing Jesus, wanting to know Jesus, wanting to love Jesus and build a relationship with Jesus, then that means that I have to embrace the charge and the challenge to exercise comprehensive self-control. I can't just be self-controlled on Sunday mornings. I can't just be self-controlled on my job. I can't just be self-controlled when I'm at home with my kids, but I have to be self-controlled when I'm in traffic and somebody cuts me off. You can tell that happened to me a couple of times this week. It's an immediate and fresh example, and the wound is still fresh. It has not healed yet, but I'm I'm exhibiting self-control in how I choose to respond to others as I drive. But I have to exhibit self-control when I'm in the grocery store. I have to exhibit self-control when I'm on Facebook. I have to exhibit self-control when I'm around other people, but I also have to exhibit self-control when I'm the only one there and nobody else is around and nobody would know what I do or what I say or where I go. I have to exhibit comprehensive self-control, self-control in all things. That is the challenge. But like we talked about two weeks ago, as big as it seems and as impossible as it seems to exercise self-control, we are reminded that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so comprehensive self-control is possible for us when we partner with the Holy Spirit of God, when we wake up in the morning and we seek the Spirit of God and see what God has to say to us. He pours into us our daily bread, everything that we will need for that particular day to be self-controlled in all of the situations and circumstances. We can be self-controlled in all things when we surrender our lives to the guidance and the direction of the Holy Spirit. And so be encouraged and be reminded today 
that if there is something in your life that is holding you back from becoming everything that you know God is calling you to be, if there is some kind of appetite that you continue to have that you've been asking the Lord to remove from you, if there are habits that you have formed over the years in order to be able to cope with the difficulties of life, just natural ways that you respond uh, to the difficulties and the obstacles that arise in life that you know aren't fruitful but that have kept you safe through the years but you know can no longer keep you safe moving forward. If there are challenges in our way and habits and relationships that we need to break and weaknesses that we have, God gives us through his spirit the ability to exercise comprehensive self-control. So as we go in pursuit of what God is calling us to do and inviting us to do, to live out our purpose and to make a difference in the world, we got to run like we want to win We have to exercise comprehensive self-control. But then Paul continues, and in verse 26, he invites us to do it on purpose. He says again in verse 26, so I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. To run aimlessly would be to not have a point or a destination, a motivation or a reason for why you are running. Now remember that he says this within the context of this extended metaphor of athletic training. Again, remember the Corinthians would be very familiar with the, uh, the training regimen of professional athletes because every two years in Corinth were held the Isthmian Games, uh, which were, again, second only to the Olympic Games at that time. And so they were familiar with the training regiments that these professional athletes who were planning and preparing to compete would put themselves through in order to compete and present their best on the day of competition. And so when Paul tells the Corinthians that he doesn't run aimlessly and that he doesn't box as one beating the air, what he's trying to, the parallel that he's trying to help them to make is that there wouldn't be a single professional athlete in pursuit of the prize of a wreath of winning their race that would get up and run without intention on a daily basis. Now, when they get up, they run with the purpose and the goal in mind to be prepared to do their best on race day. Because, again, remember, these games were a part of a broader religious ceremony. And so their performance in the games was actually an act of worship to their deity. And so they wanted to be able to give their deity their best performance. Do you see the parallels? Because in our lives each and every day, we ought to not get up in the morning without intention and without direction. But we ought to, like those athletes, get up in the morning with an understanding that what we do today, how we train today, how we run today, how we grow today, what we learn today is not just for today. 
But what the Lord is doing in us today and the opportunities he's giving us today are preparing us for the opportunity to be able to run our race at our best so that our race can be an act of worship to him so that the way that we run and the way that we live can honor him and bring him glory so that when people see how hard we run, they can give him glory because they know that it is nothing but the uh, the promise of the prize that motivates us to do the things that we do. They can look at our lives and see that our sacrifice is not for nothing, but that it is in pursuit of the very big something that God gives us the opportunity to be a part of. He's not running his, he's not running aimlessly, but he's doing it on purpose. And too often we don't think about the long-term implications of the things that we do. We would be like a, uh, a professional swimmer who gets up and spends every day at the shooting range, engaging in a consistent training regimen, but one that is not relative to the race that they're supposed to be running. If we are going to be able to maximize and steward properly this opportunity of life that God is giving us, then that means that we have to be intentional about how we get up and run every day. There shouldn't be a single day in your life where you put your feet on the floor and don't know how you plan to grow on that day. It requires a different level of intention because, see, when you run aimlessly, you are being a poor steward of the strength and the energy that God has given you to run in the first place. And when we get up and we navigate the days of our lives, that was a soap opera that my grandma used to make me watch. When we get up and we navigate the days of our lives without direction, then God is not obligated to provide for us along that journey. He is not obligated to protect us along that journey. It is only when we are in pursuit of the God-given purpose that he has given us first as disciples of Jesus Christ and then the unique purpose uh, and contribution that we can make as he clarifies that for us. It is only when we are in the will of God that he then obligates himself to make provision for the vision that he has given us. And so each and every day, we should be intentional about how we get up and about where we run. We ought not be running around uh, all over the place looking crazy, but we got to be strategic and intentional about how we use the energy that God has given us. For those who have running backgrounds, you know that you train differently for a sprint than you do for an endurance race. It activates, different races activate different parts of your body, and depending on the kind of race that you're running determines what needs to be trained and what needs to be developed. And that's why if you don't have direction on how you need to be uh, directing your days and the intention with which you need to be structuring your days, the first thing that you need to do is get up daily and ask the Lord what you're supposed to be doing. Until you can pursue the specific destination and target, 
your specific destination and target is understanding God's will for your life. And so seek him, seek out his word, dig into his word, spend intentional time in prayer. Not aimless prayer, but intentional, strategic prayer, seeking him for the answers that you lack and the answers that you need in order to be equipped and directed to go where it is he's calling you to go. Paul says, I don't run aimlessly. And I don't box as one beating the air. What's interesting about this is that I don't know if you've ever seen <laughs> people, there's a whole bunch of videos online, uh, people as they prepare for boxing matches. And they might be in the locker room or whatever, and, you know, they're they doing a little shadow boxing. They're not hitting anybody, but they're just going through the motions, and they look real nice with it. And then they get in the ring. And it's a different story. Shadow boxing has never won anything. Looking good doing it has never won anything. Going through the motions has never won anything. Paul says, I don't do what I do just for show. I'm not out here shadow boxing, going through the motions and showing people that I know how to throw a hook and I know how to throw a jab. Paul says, my life is not about appearances, it's about impact. If I'm going to be boxing, I ain't boxing no shadows. I'm boxing an enemy. I'm boxing an opponent. I'm looking to land these punches. I'm looking to not waste my hook and my jab. If I'm going to use them, I'm going to make impact with them. And for you and I in our lives, we got to embrace the charge and the challenge to not waste what God has given us on appearances, but to use it intentionally to make some kind of impact in the world that God is giving us the opportunity to make. Because God doesn't care if you look good doing what you're doing. What he cares about is the results and the impact that come from you doing what he told you to do in the first place. So if you can pray but you ain't got no power, God don't care. If you can serve but it's only for show, God don't care. If you can sing but you don't use it to transform the hearts of men and women, then God don't care. You don't get bonus points for being able to shadow box because the kingdom of God is about impact. Jesus doesn't come for any other reason than to make impact in the world. He knew and his goal and his objective was to once again give you and I the opportunity at a restored relationship with the Father that our sinfulness would be forgiven, that we would be able to take upon us the righteousness of Christ so that when the Father looks at us, he doesn't see all of our faults and all of our failures, but he would be able to see the supreme love that Jesus had for us when he died on the cross for us. It was about impact. And our lives should be about impact. Not about just being able to dress the dress, not about being able to have the appearance of somebody that's saved. 
not about being able to speak the language of somebody that's saved, but our lives should <laughs> our lives should reflect the impact of God working through us. I laugh because I was as I was saying that, I was thinking that the world, um, what's that dude that Bud beat last time? Huh? Yeah, what, what Darren said. The world should look like that guy. When we're done doing what we've done, when we finish working, people should be able to see the results of the impact of our lives. They should see something different. They should see something change. Now, granted, the world shouldn't look abused when we leave. <laughs> but there should be a noticeable difference because we were here. So we don't do what we do just for the sake of optics. We do what we do to make impact. We don't do what we do for the sake of awards and recognition. They're nice. But God wants you to live a life of purpose, not a life of plaques. He wants you to live a life of impact. He wants the lives of the people around you to be different because you were here. So we don't get up every day. We don't read our word every day. We don't spend time in prayer every day. We don't spend time serving on a regular basis. We don't come to worship week after week after week aimlessly. We don't do these things as if we are uh, a boxer beating the air. No, we do them to see impact, impact in our lives, impact in the lives of those that we love and care about, impact in the lives of those that we don't yet know, love, and care about. We do it to impact generations that don't even exist right now. We get up and we do it because we know that there is a prize that is waiting on us. That there is a reason that we're doing it, that the reason that we're doing it is absolutely worth it. And so we deal with the pain. Because the pain has purpose. We deal with the struggle because the struggle has purpose. We get up, even though we messed up yesterday, we get up and we start fresh today and we try again today because we know that all of it has purpose. We value every human life because we know every one of them has purpose. We exercise forgiveness. We forgive others the way that God has forgiven us because we know that there is purpose in the restoration and healing of relationships. We extend grace to others the way that God extends grace to us because there is purpose in being able to look past people's faults and give them what they don't deserve. We extend mercy to others the way that God has extended mercy to us because we know that there is purpose in not giving people what they do deserve. We extend love to ourselves and to others in the way that we have received the love of God for ourselves because there is purpose in the love of God saturating our communities. 
we manage what we have been entrusted with. Our strength, our vitality, our clarity of thought and thinking, our relationships, our resources. We steward all of our possessions. We steward our time. We steward our job. We steward our business. We steward these moments because there is a larger purpose that God is working out in our lives. And so we give purpose to everything that we do. Never wasting time, never wasting energy, never wasting a moment because we know that every moment has been given to us by God. And that if God gave it to us, he expects something back from it. Remember the parable that Jesus tells the manager who gave the servants the talents. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but suffice it to say that the difference in those that were celebrated and the one who was, um, who was chastised was what they did with what they had been given. Two of them understood the purpose of what they had been given and why they had been given it. They had been trusted with that to make it grow and to be able to give the master back more than what they received. The one that messed it all up and got kicked out was the one who didn't understand the purpose of what he had. And because he didn't understand the purpose of what he had and why he had been given what he had, he didn't do anything with it. And so when the master came back, he wasn't able to give him anything more than what he had received in the first place. What are you giving God with the gifts that he's given you? What are you giving God out of the time that he's given you? What are you giving God out of the relationships that he has given you? What are you giving God out of the influence that he's given you? Whatever we do, we have to do it on purpose. How crazy do we look <laughs> being named church on purpose? If we are running aimlessly and boxing as one beating the air. The name of our church is not about who we are as an organization. The name of our church is about who we are as an organism. The name of our church is about what we do as individual members of the body. That's what we're about. Being the church on purpose. Having a target, having an aim. Making sure that we're using our resources and what God, all that God has given us to make impact in the world. Anybody got time to be out here 
swinging and swinging and swinging and swinging and get nothing out of it except being tired. We gonna swing. We want to make impact, but we can't make impact unless we're clear about the kind of impact that we're trying to make. So this week, I want to challenge you to evaluate and to assess your activity. This is going to sound weird, but I really don't want you to do anything different this week than what you did last week. Except I want you to assess what you do. And I want you to be honest with yourself about how much of your day you spend time doing things on purpose. And to take it a step further, because some of us do things on purpose, we just do it for the wrong purpose. As you assess the purpose behind why you're doing what you're doing, does that purpose align with God's purpose for your life? Some of the frustration that we deal with is because we just simply spend too much time doing the wrong things. Which then causes stress and creates lack in other areas of our lives. But if we're going to run this race, and if we're going to be serious about becoming who God is giving us the opportunity to become, and we're going to be intentional about doing what it is God is calling us to do, we've got to run like we want to win. We've got to get up every day and put in the kind of effort that is going to help us and support us in being able to hear God say one day, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over all these little things. Come on in and celebrate in my kingdom. We have an amazing opportunity to expand the impact of the kingdom of God right here in our neighborhood. We've been talking about it long enough. Let's go. Let's run like we want to win. Let's exercise comprehensive self-control along the journey so that we can stay on path with where God is taking us. And if we're going to do it, let's do it on purpose. Every day, day after day. Whether we see results or not, let's do what it is we know God is telling us to do. Because that's what it takes to make a difference. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be challenged by your word today. We're grateful, God, for the examples that Paul provides and just the practicality 
of the parallels between our lives and athletic competition. We're grateful, God, for space to be able to sit and consider what our lives look like to you in relation to the purposes that you predestined for us. So, Lord, this week, as we focus our minds and reset our attentions on being who it is you made us and called us to be, it's our prayer, God, that you would help us to day by day be more intentional and more purposeful in what we do. That if we are wasting our time on purposeless things in our lives, or if we are investing the resources you give us into things that are contrary to the purpose of your kingdom. Give us the courage, Lord, to make the adjustments that would bring us into alignment with your will. To know and believe that anything that we have to give up, your kingdom is worth it. Anything that we have to let go of, your kingdom is worth it. Any ways that we have to discipline ourselves, your kingdom is worth it. Anything that we might feel like we're going to miss out on, your kingdom is worth it. Give us the courage, Lord, to do what we do on a daily basis on purpose. And as we do that, submitting and surrendering to your will, We pray, God, that you would be pleased with our lives. That the way that we walk, the way that we run, the way that we fight, that it would all make you smile. We thank you, God, for this time of sharing and pray that you continue to be with us as we conclude our time of worship today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.